It's been a really long time since uh, since I've seen a Pixar movie that felt like a Pixar movie. What do you mean by that? Because that could mean different things to different people. Well, I just think, like, I look back through the ones we've talked about. Like, I think we did Inside Out. Inside Out, I was like, yeah, Inside Out feels like a Pixar movie. Mm. We we did um, Onward, which didn't work for me. I was like, this does not feel like Pixar. Hmm. We did Luca, which felt meh, maybe kind of a little bit, but they just didn't have that, like... Right. I don't know. I was like, you could tell me that this was Illumination or this was DreamWorks or this was whatever, and I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah. Sure. Hmm. Sure, maybe it is. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a long, long time. <laughs> since, like, you know, since since like the platinum stuff, right? Where you've got like a gimmick, a Pixar gimmick. So they're toys. They're fish. They're superheroes. They're super. Yeah. I don't, you don't like Incredibles, Incredibles in the platinum so maybe, category. Yeah. You don't like Incredibles. So maybe that example doesn't resonate to you, but I get what you're saying. They're bugs. They're uh, monsters. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, and honestly, you know, and and I crap on it a lot, but at least for the first one, they're cars. <laughs> um, you know, and so it's just been like, you know, so then you have something like Onward and you're like, ah, okay, well, like, yeah, they're mythical beings, but like, I don't know, they're all very humanoid, right? Uh, Wally's a good one because it's like he's a robot. And the worst parts of Wally are when the people show up and we're, we're, dealing with all that like the really the the moments of wally that are like oh this is solid are when it's just him and eva or eve eve eva uh, yeah. yeah the little white one yeah you know yeah and so it's just it i've been missing the gimmick i've been missing the this really feels solely like they're exploring something otherworldly, right? Mm. So like Inside Out worked because it's like, oh, well, they're emotions. Soul kind of worked. Soul had a healthy balance, I think, between between taking me somewhere impossible and, and you know, and, and showing us a real world reality thing. But nothing, nothing does it the way Toy Story... Finding Nemo. Yep. You know, like those yep. things, those things just had it. Hello and welcome. <laughs> welcome to the Movie Men podcast. Yeah. I'm Peter and that is Brady. Mm-hmm. And we are doing a new release. Is mm-hmm. the listener can obviously talk as they clicked on the title and would know that Turning Red is a new release, but I'm just saying it for the sake of saying it. We are doing a new release, and it Mm -hmm. is a Pixar film. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, and until next time. (laughs) Until next time. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know what to talk about. You know, I don't... How how should we how should we break this down? There's a lot of lot of angles of there's a lot of things that are big about this film, but there's also things that are specific to us because we are Canadian. We are yeah. So I, I think that's lovers. the 
Yeah, I think that's the road to take. I think the sure. fact that I I myself live in the greater Toronto area. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. So this essentially took place in my city, which a lot of people, you know, everyone lives in New York. They're like, oh, big deal. Right. The Avengers takes place here. And it's like, <laughs> okay, well, you know, can you imagine? Like, I know you live in New York and, and everything takes place in New York or Los Angeles or wherever. But like, oh, yeah. can you imagine if like, if a large portion of the MCU took place in your home city in with, with like locations you you go to and recognize right gosh for us Canadians um Toronto has never been the backdrop to a Pixar film it's never been the backdrop to a popular animated film no it's not really the backdrop to many popular films in general a lot of stuff is shot here suicide squad was shot here yeah um, a lot of a lot of stuff is shot in yeah. canada that is yeah not necessarily taking place in canada yeah uh ghostbusters was shot in right in uh yeah. the prairies yeah. um the television show supernatural is all shot actually most of the Arrowverse, like arrow mm. and all of those shows okay are shot here uh, in in British Columbia, Vancouver, Vancouver, British Columbia yes. has a really big yeah. Yeah. film industry stuff. Yep. Um, so, anyways, uh, this took place in Toronto. It was very close to home, mm-hmm. and that was fun. In premise, I have big issues with the execution. Interesting. Big issues. Do you want? Should we just do that? Should you want to just? Initial impression. It Talk up. about why I don't like this movie very much. Well, yeah, I don't. I, oh, sure. I okay. I don't dislike Turning Red. Sure, but it fell short of what I was hoping it was going to be. Okay, that's that is my first impression. Sure, I think I would mirror that. I think I was anticipating it because it's a Pixar film, so that gets a lot of people's attention on their radar. Um, I was excited about the concept of having a female coming of age story, giving, being given mainstream, a mainstream stage. I'm all for that. I love the aspect of something taking place in the early 2000s, kind of fun, nostalgic elements. Um, and setting up in Toronto as a home base for the film. All these things are very cool things. But at the end of the film, when the credits are rolling, I just kind of went, huh. That's not exactly what I wanted it to be or how I wanted to feel after that. So I am interested to break some of this down with you. I think we might be in the same camp here. All right. I like the idea. I like the execution. I like the music. I like the casting. I like... The emotion, the relationships, the, the all of it, all of it. I'm like, oh, this is this is good. This is a fun, enjoyable movie. Set in Canada, made by Americans, hmm. because there are so many things that just felt like like there's moments where so like you know she talks about her TTC or her Toronto Transit Commission card. And it's like, oh, that's fun. 
And like, oh, you've done your research because those red seats are like, you know, if you've ridden the subway in Toronto, that's that's what it all looks like. Like you guys, you guys have nailed it. But we don't call each other each other. We don't call each other hosers. <laughs> the hood emblem on all of our cars, like the brand emblem on all of our cars aren't maple leaves. Like it just, it constantly felt like someone who wasn't, I'm surprised there wasn't like a maple syrup, poutine, hockey, <laughs> polar bear, right? Like it, it, she goes to bed wearing a, a white t-shirt with a big Canada maple leaf on it. Right. Every five minutes, there's a shot of the skyline so that we can see, oh, oh, CN Tower, look. <laughs> um... And it just, I don't know, it was like, aside from the the climax of this film taking place inside the the Sky Dome, which was interesting because it hasn't been called the Sky Dome in years. Right. Um, It's the Rogers Center. But obviously, that was just like branding and copyright and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So they went with the OG name for it, the Sky Dome. So that was cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. because a lot of us still call it that anyways. Oh, yeah. Um but aside from that being the climax like the setting of the climax of the film, the fact that it took place in Toronto held zero bearing. Hmm. Zero bearing. And I I would have just liked to have seen like there's some stuff where it feels like they did a lot of research and they really understood these little tiny details. There were a lot of things about it that really felt like Toronto. And then there's a lot of things about it, like I said, like her calling the other kids a hoser or the hood emblem of the car being a maple leaf or her going to bed with a, a the, the maple, maple leaf, leaf shirt sweater, on. Yeah. It just, it was like, I don't know. It just felt very disjointed and very ignorant to, like it felt like a caricature of canada and a hmm. caricature of toronto right listen like here's the thing if if this film had taken place in winnipeg and i were <laughs> bitching and moaning about uh it doesn't feel right well i you know sure it doesn't feel like the canada that i know but canada is a very big wide multicultural blah 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 right canada on the east coast versus canada on the west coast it's just like it's just like the states new york versus Montana. Montana. I was, yeah, it was literally what I was, <laughs> very different versus Texas versus North Carolina. Like, these are all Mississippi, Nevada. It's all very different places with different people. But this is Toronto. I live in Toronto. It's Ontario. I've lived in Ontario my whole life. I can count on one hand the number of times I've left Ontario. Right. So, like, I don't know. And I would have liked to have seen the two things The two things that I think. One is the, um, the hood emblem of the car thing almost came across as um, not, not racist. What am I? Like a, like a cultural generalization. Hmm. Like if 
if because Canada is associated with the Maple Leaf, not right. just because it's on our flag. I think that that's like you know, there's Toronto, so they're doing the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they're doing our maple syrup, and they're doing you know, it's just like Toronto or, or Canada, Canada Maple Leaf. And so, but if it was like, if this movie had taken place in China, and everyone's car. Pixar had made this movie. It took place in China, and everyone's car had a, an emblem of a, a bowl of rice. That would be insensitive, right? Like people would people would go, "Oh, geez, that's kind of that's in poor taste." And so it just kind of felt like you know, like I get that you're you know you're not going to show Ford and you're not going to show like we have the same brands as everyone else. You're not <laughs> going to show all of this stuff because you can't because it's like all the you know you got to pay to use these logos. But do something, do something other than a maple leaf. Do something other than the because it's just it it just makes it feel like Americans going like, oh yeah, up there in Canada where there's oh that's a Canadian accent, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> Americans going. Um, Yeehoo, up there in Canada where everybody's got a a maple a, a Canadian car brand. No, it's the same we drive the same effing trucks that you drive. So I I don't know. That just felt like why? Why a maple leaf? Hmm. Right? It's it's it, it do something more co- so I don't know. And then and then the fact that it happened to the the Sky Dome at the end just felt lazy because it, it, you've shown us the CN Tower, you've shown us the Sky Dome, you've shown us the CN Tower, you've shown us the Sky Dome. Right. Like I understand that that's where the concerts happening, but there's other places that concerts can happen. There's other mm. things, and I was thinking about it afterwards. I was like, well, w- what would I have wanted to see? Hmm. What could you have put in this film that would have felt very Toronto, but wouldn't have felt stereotypical Toronto? Wouldn't have felt like, oh, it's the CN Tower there, right? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't have felt like uh, the movie takes place in Paris. Okay, well, let's get working on our Eiffel Tower. Mm. It's taking place in London. Okay, well, Buckingham Palace, Big Ben, and the <laughs> Eye of London. Right. Right? I... And and I think what I landed on, but but what I think what I landed on was make the climax of this film or or make what they're, the, the venue that they're trying to get to Canada's Wonderland. Mm. Very well-known Canadian amusement park. Sure. With record-breaking rides like Leviathan and stuff like that. Those aren't just like big deal rides for us. Those are those hold some records. And and that would have felt like you could have had the mountain, you could have had a couple of recognizable rides, you could have had drop zone and that would have been like okay. Like what they did some they did some digging. They're showing us this stuff, right? Or like something on the Toronto Islands, Ooh, right? Yeah, that's true. Toronto Islands, and you would have been like, oh, okay, well they know they've known they've done a little bit of, or at the 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 Canadian exhibition, or the Toronto Indie, or like just something that was less like less lazy. Someone's like. Uh, okay, we're gonna make it in Toronto. What uh, what plot? What uh, or what set piece do we use? What location? Well, there only is one location in Toronto. There, eh? you gotta go with the <laughs> gotta go with the CN Tower. Like, 
I don't know. It just felt lazy in its approach to make it feel like Toronto, which is a shame because it's a Toronto director, a Toronto born director. Yeah. And that's why this location was chosen. And it just feels like have some home pride, man. Like, actually, I think it was a woman that directed it, but my point is the same. Yeah. Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, it was a woman. Actually, this is the second time a Pixar film has been directed by a woman. What was the Um, first? uh brave oh brave see and not a lot of people like brave i haven't seen brave and I, it's on my short list yeah it's you know it's it doesn't uh i don't think it's in the platinum level but i think it's a lot better than some pixar films that's for sure cool i think i'm glad to hear what you're saying about this because i think i would i think you're on to something for me i don't think i'm as uh as upset or like as disappointed as you are in this context i think i think you hit on some stuff though i think you know you see the cn tower at first you go "Ooh, that's kind of fun Ooh, you see skydome Ooh, that's kind of fun kind of retro you see some things like Daisy March, so things that like people yeah, in Ontario was cool. would recognize and be like, "Oh, that's kind of fun," you know. So there's some elements, but it does become repetitive, and it does seem to fall a bit short as far as okay, you know, let's not wear this out too thin. I remember watching a documentary on the Bourne trilogy and the director at the time, or of when those movies were coming out. And I thought that their techniques for those types of films kind of captured what I maybe would have wanted for this, where, you know, when Jason Bourne's in Paris, you might see the Eiffel Tower as like a little tiny, tiny piece of the landscape, but what's where where, where the event is happening at the moment is somewhere a different kind of setting that is famous, but less, more on the off the beaten path. And I feel like kind of that type of kind of expenditure or that kind of attempt would have been a little bit better saying okay yeah skydome we get it cn tower we get it but we don't need to see it every 30 seconds and we you know i would love to see something else so i mean like where's castle loma where's the the royal ontario museum the rom where's the ontario science center where's you know the toronto zoo like there's just different things that it's like okay you're right we've been there we've done that let's do something visually different that's kind of fun and kind of vibrant to the city so they felt I, I like one trick ponies. One trick ponies. And you know what? You know what? Maybe it just needed to be more things along the aspect of Daisy Mart for me. You know, like I maybe we didn't need to be all landscapes or all um iconic landmarks, but just little things to give it a bit more cultural relevance. So viewers from other places might say, Hey, that's fine, it doesn't influence the plot, but at least some of the audience might go, Oh, I can relate to this, I can relate to that. Right. So like do do stuff that doesn't because I understand like, you know, Daisy Mart, you had to pay to use Daisy Mart. I get that. Sure. Yes. And I get yeah, that, you know, true. you do a you do a shot of a street. Yeah. And if there's a, a hundred brands on that street, then you need to pay a right. hundred brands in order to use it. Sure. And other Pixar movies, like you know, we sound entitled right now because <laughs> When a Pixar movie happens somewhere in the States, it's not like they're right. paying to put McDonald's and no. all the, these other places in there, right? So so the fact that, like, as far as locations go, mm-hmm. we even got Daisy Mart. But do sure. some stuff that wouldn't cost you anything. Some stuff that isn't, like, a brand. Like, like, like show us, give me bagged milk. Sure. 
give me ketchup flavored chips. Give me something that, <laughs> you know, and and I, why would you go with Daisy? And maybe it's just because nobody cares about Daisy Mart and Daisy Mart's so cheap. Mm. Why, for the love of? And maybe again, maybe the answer is like it was just way too expensive. But but your picks are. Why would you not put some kind of reference to Tim Hortons in your movie? Right. Yeah. Like, it does not get any more Canadian than Tim Hortons, you know, from an iconic whatever, stereotypical, you know, you you leaned into some of these other stereotypes, but the biggest of them all, the Mac Daddy, the one that would have gone, holy cow, I can't believe, can't believe, you know, her mom's holding a double-double and a box of Timbits, like... Huh. Now I'm a little bit more disappointed. I'm very disappointed because of that. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) Yeah, okay, now I'm fired up. I'm fired up. But yeah, that's true. I, you know, I feel like it did kind of just have a few, kind of few stepping stones in place, but really could have threaded them together better with some more filler, some more fun things in there. So yeah, a little bit, a little bit disappointing. Yeah. What do you like about it? Well, I'm going to say something I didn't like. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this Those is my favorite. S- <laughs> you know, I liked the coming of age element of this. I liked the coming of age for the young female. I really liked, because I don't know, I guess maybe this isn't my forte in film, so I could be wrong. But like, just the fact that this was given kind of mainstream attention, I'm like, hey, I'm all for it. Something about it got a little hokey for me with all the panda bits and listen i get it like it seems contradictory to say that's a problem because the whole film turning red all the whole panda element the whole having that being part of their lineage and like i I, i'm not trying to say this is a a problem for me and then really break down the fabric of the whole film i'm just saying what i just didn't like and i liked all the funny moments when it was just kind of the the characters and our main character just in her human form. But for me, just throughout the film, a lot of the times when she became this panda, something about it, not, I don't know, it just got a little slapstick, you know, like, oh, I'm sitting on the bed and it's falling apart, or I'm like, running down the hall and someone's seeing like, just something about it. I, I was like, okay, this is kind of funny at first or kind of amusing. But I was like, okay, I maybe I'm just not here for this. And I was more into like the... I would have been okay if it had just been this Pixar element of just this family and not not this hokiness, corniness. So something about the actual panda bit for me, I just got a little lost at. And um, yeah, there's a bit of disconnect for me. I liked the coming of age element and I would have been fine with the whole film just about that. And I know that breaks down the whole metaphor of what we're seeing and going on. And, you know, I don't want to pull on the thread too much and take apart the whole blanket, but... Yeah, I, I had a bit. I just didn't enjoy it. That element. Yeah, it also lacked for me. It lacked the explanation that I needed. Like, okay, like I get you know, okay, we get the little backstory and stuff like that. But then yeah. it's like it feels like once they set up that kind of world, then they have no issue just like throwing whatever at us, <laughs> and it doesn't really matter if it like why. Why is our best defense against her mom's panda Godzilla? 
Mm. Like, why is that so big? Like, mm. what the hell is that? And how does that work? And, and and at the end, I was just like, you know, I thought the panda stuff was kind of cool. I did not like that the whole family turns into pandas at the end. I'm like, okay, now this is panda saturation. Right. But, yeah. Hmm. I also I also found her her group of friends a little one dimensional. Huh. Really? Yeah. Like each one had it well, just just in that like each one had a gimmick. Okay. And it yeah. was just like throughout the movie they just kept like they had like a little gimmick, a little keypad with different gimmick buttons on it and they just kept pushing <laughs> the gimmick buttons. <laughs> just like, "Okay, mix it up." Mix it up. Come on. Mm. What do we? Okay, now we're gonna have this, and like they just there was there was not really any depth to any of their characters. They were but just I, they playing, each represented a gimmick. Yeah, but playing devil's advocate, and I'm not arguing with you. Like as you say that, I'm like, yeah, that's that's true. But for better or worse, I mean, you can't. I think the complexity comes from our main character. And if, you know, I don't know if you can delve too much into these characters and give them too much life without detracting from the screen time or the attention that we give to our main character. That's the devil's advocate answer to what yeah, you're saying. I'm not I sure. Think I'm there's, I think there's a balance. I just don't think they hit it. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying like I need these fully fleshed out sure. supporting characters. No. Yep. But give me something more than mm-hmm. than what I got. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to get too big picture here with Pixar. But I, I did, like, I both pundits, like, professionals, like, people who get paid to talk about movies, and also just people that are in our social circles talked highly about this film and i you know disappointed is a heavy word but i wasn't as blown away as i was hoping i would be and i just i take a step back and i just look at pixar and i look at their whole film list and i go what have you done for me lately pixar i mean there's been okay movies yeah there's been fine movies and what have you done since toy story 3 yeah, there's been a lot of peaks and valleys, mostly valleys. I've been okay with Incredibles 2. I know that won't resonate with you as much. Was okay with that. But since Toy Story 3, you're right. It's been pretty hit and miss. And I guess just when the credits rolled for this, that's how I felt for this. And I think unlike some of these other films that we you alluded to at the beginning that I thought were just kind of bad films or, you know, I think this... If you write down all these things that we could have liked about this film, there should be more magic here, and it just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I'm so, I am disappointed because I, I am excited. I'm excited for what this meant for just the the amount of female empowerment that this film kind of represented, just like through creative teams of just like you know female director, a lot of female producers, a lot of female creative workers. So it's just like a fun. It's a fun, prideful moment for that. It's fun, prideful moment for just having something set in Canada. So there's all these very cool things that, you know, it's not all woe and sorrow. But I'm just, I can't place my finger on why I just felt very meh when I walked out of this theater. It makes me very curious to see where we're going to end up this summer with Lightyear. 
See, that's more of a charged answer, right? Because that's that's not just hey, and that's obviously the reason you're bringing this up in conversation. It's not just hey, here's the next chapter in Pixar, and let's see if something sticks to the wall. That is source it's a reimagining material. of some the, source material. That is the reimagining of like the gold standard that started it all. Yeah. Right. Like that has some very very significant connections yeah very significant i think i i think what i i think pixar has started to become too much a studio that makes they started to become a studio that made stories about people Hmm. and as opposed to as opposed to objects right or like like it, it became these people stories, and then now I'm like, and I think it's it's Pixar, and then it's kind of like Disney as a whole right now. Is they're trying to be, and not that there's anything wrong with this, but if you look back at the Pixar films that are incredible, that 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 are game changers, that we think of as those iconic Pixar films, they don't fall into this category, which is the category of the the culturally highlighting movie studio hmm so this obviously was had very much a lot of chinese asian culture in it yep. luca was yep. set in italy it was a very italian film coco is is a very mexican day of the dead festival film hmm it's not a Pixar movie, but Encanto, right? Again, it's like the hacienda and the like. It's it's a Latin, Latin European Spain kind of film, and it's just like you know, like at what point, you know, next what? There's going to be one set in Australia, and it'll be all about you know <laughs> dingoes and all this, and you're like, okay, well, great, but. But give me a Pixar movie, and I don't know. Like, I'm, you know, I don't work at Pixar. I don't have the answers, you know. And, like, I don't know where you go. I don't know where you go. You did fish. You did toys. You did cars. You did bugs. You know, maybe birds, maybe. Or or give me, like, another type of animal. Give me, you know, what it's like to be... Give me what it's like to be a, a a raccoon. Give me a raccoon movie. And they're all actually raccoons, and it takes place in the raccoon world. You know, and don't ever give me the perspective. Like in Toy Story, there's people in there, but it's always from the perspective of the toys. Right. We're always looking up at those people. Those people are always larger than life, always. And And it's shrunk into that smaller world that gives it its magic. You know, I, I think, I think what the question boils down to is, is it that they've run out of material to explore inanimate objects that created a magical element for us? Or is it that the avenues that they've chosen 
they haven't explored in a well enough way. Because you you mentioned before, you know, maybe the problem with some Pixar films is when they stray away from these inanimate objects and focus on the humans. With this current story of Turning Red, I was not a fan of the whole panda element and I preferred it in this circumstance of being the human. So maybe that's just an example of they didn't properly use that technique. I don't know. I guess it's just a question of have they run out of source material or have they lost their magic touch with their source material of what they did and what they do? Yeah. And I mean, I too enjoyed that part, but like, and preferred that part, but did it make a difference that it was a Pixar film in those moments? Right. Or could that have been any other right. animation studio? Okay, but let me answer your, ask, answer your question with a question. Are we... Would we have given this film a better review or a better score or a better better vibes if it had just been a, an animated film? Like, are we critiquing it too much because it's Pixar? Is it still a solid film, but we're we're kind of demeaning it because it's Pixar and we're we're holding it to an un, unattainable standards that it just can't reach you know what I mean like maybe yes, we're going but, too hard on it yes but I don't think I don't think that that's wrong yeah yeah when a studio gives you 10 years 15 years all right of of platinum after platinum after platinum thing right it's like all we're doing is asking them to live up to themselves. Right. Not not to like some, you know, like, oh, this is what someone else is doing. Why can't you do that? No, you you set the standard. Not only for yourselves and what we're expecting from you, but you set the standards for animation. Hmm. And what you can do, the story that you can tell, the emotion you can evoke, the imagination that you can capture the exploration you can go on with an animated film. You know, even Up, Up had the gimmick of the floating house. Yeah. Even though it was people-centric, I just, I I guess it, it just, a Pixar film, Pixar films are always going to have emotion, they're always going to have humor, they're always going to have beautiful visuals. Hmm. But really, a Pixar film is only as good as its gimmick. Hmm. At the end of the day, a Pixar film is only as good as its gimmick. Yep. And the more you, the more you exploit that gimmick, the harder you have to work in order to, to win me over. I.e., Toy Story Four. <laughs> right. It was your fourth outing with that gimmick, and you didn't bring it for me. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. It's it. It wasn't good enough anymore. And so, you know, so Luca, they're like sea creatures. And I don't know. It just it, this felt like okay. So what? What am I watching? I'm watching a a, a film with some cultural influence because it's set in, a, in a, a, another part of the world about a kid who has a struggle because sometimes they're not a kid. Am I talking about Luca or am I talking about Turning Red? <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. 
And so it's just like, okay, so this is just the you you just gave me the same same thing in a different wrapper. And you're like, here you go. Whereas Toy Story and and Finding Nemo, there are no, I mean, there are, sure, there might be similarities, but they're not the same movie. Mm-hmm. Not the same premise, not the same, they, they, they feel very different. Wally, very different. Monsters, Inc., very different. And then in the last year, you've given me Luca and Turning Red? What? (laughs) You know, I don't know. I don't know. And then we had that where I was like, you know, I get that they're different, but there's something like, there's something very inside-outy about Soul at times. Right? This little thing that's inside of you. Okay, well, it's your soul. It's not your emotions, but it's still like a representation of who you are on the inside. And we've animated that and given it some persona. Ah, you've done that. You, you, we already did that. And, and, and the, reason you're, the reason you're doing this, the reason why you're giving me soul is because you're drawing attention to jazz music and black culture and and all of this stuff, and and that's awesome. Hats off to you. But are you doing it because it's good storytelling, or are you doing it because you have an, a, a political angle? Because if it's a political angle, then you are not living up to your job as a storyteller. Serve the story. Don't serve a political agenda. If you're serving a political agenda then you're doing it for the wrong reason. And I wouldn't think that that was the case except for every Pixar film that comes out now has that. Hmm. Features another part of the world or another place's culture, Mm -hmm. right? Really focuses on that. Incredibles 2, that was, not that there's anything wrong with it, But that was Pixar saying, we support feminism. We support the feminine sacrificing story. There was so much stuff. Well, you know, show us more. Like you set up this this villain at the end of the first one and you kill him off. You get rid of him in the first five minutes of the second one because you've decided that this story is about woman power. Again, fantastic. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm on board 100%. But when I reach the point that I feel like you're hitting me over the head with it, when it's not a when it's not an element of your movie, but it's the point of your movie is woman power, in a film that's not about feminism, not about a feminist movement, it's a superhero movie about a family of superheroes. I don't know. And so I think that's I think that's where Pixar is starting to go wrong. There's no political agenda in Toy Story. Right. They're not trying to show me another part of the world. They're not trying to you know, and yeah, so okay, Toy Story takes place in in North America. Finding Nemo doesn't. Finding Nemo takes place in Australia, but it doesn't matter. There's no it at the end of the day, Australia's not the point. Whereas Luca, it was like, well, Italy is a, a big part of this. Italy's kind of the point. Hmm. 
you know? And so I don't know. I just like, and again, I, you know, I'm not, it, it, it couldn't easily sound like I'm like, I only want my Pixar films to take place. I don't get, I don't give a shit. I don't care where they take place. It makes no difference to me. It makes no difference to me. But it can't be your gimmick. Right. And it can't be, it can't, take away from your gimmick it can't try to you can't give me and that was the thing is before like a movie like pixar or a movie like pixar a movie like toy story it makes no difference where that movie takes place no difference because the gimmick is so strong doesn't matter where finding nemo takes place because the gimmick is so strong when they go through the doors in Monsters, Inc., it doesn't matter what part of the world they go through the doors into. It makes no difference because the gimmick of that movie is so strong. Every every car in Cars could have been a British car with, with English accents, and it wouldn't make a difference because it's a strong gimmick. But a boy who turns into a fish sometimes, or a sea monster, or a sea monster that's turned into a boy, okay... You've got the bare bones of something great there, but when you feel the need to make a big deal of the fact that you're setting it in Italy, well, now the vibe that I'm walking away from this film with is that, oh, this is a film about Italian culture as much as it's a film about the gimmick you're giving me. And I don't want that. So much so that you just gave me, and this this works in the fact that I'm not like, hating on other people's culture you just gave me a a film that takes place in my city and i didn't like it (laughs) right i felt like you know okay it's not a bad movie but it's not the name that you built for yourself pixar what was your gimmick and in this case your gimmick was weak could have been strong there was there was something to work with there but you focus too much on Canada. You did it poorly. Hmm. Uh, and and then and then made it too much about. I don't know. <sighs> I think I think there's a bigger picture issue here that we could actually discuss, and I think we have discussed about sometime doing a bigger ranking of we need the to do overall, a pixar episode we need to do a pixar episode and and i think some of that we would have to kind of give some kind of light of day to what's gone well and what hasn't gone well and i think you're maybe hitting on some points of if you can nail it down to just kind of one thing that's hit or miss it's that kind of element and i think i think you've hit on that i think there are some now that you point to Luca, I think there's some similarities to kind of like, here's a template. This seems to kind of fit what we want to do. Let's just rinse, cycle, repeat. It's just a lot of similarities there. I would love to see, I would love to see a Pixar film about shoemaking elves. The, the, you know, from like the elves and the shoemaker, these elves that come out and they make, or, or elves that live in trees and bake cookies and whatever. And yeah, you can have people in them, but it's always but but use them sparsely and always from the viewpoint of these elves that are coming out at night to make make shoes. Hmm. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, scale of zero to ten, sir, how do you feel about turning red? I gave it a six. I mean, it's very much in the mixed category. You know, there's the times where 
the mother brings her to the, the the convenience store and she's embarrassed or she's under her bed drawing her emotions and I thought this this is this is magic here and then it just dropped the ball and uh, it didn't continue that emotional intensity for me so it was a six I was generous maybe more than I should have but a six out of ten how about you uh, I gave it a six point five okay. only because it, you know and I'd be ha- uh, I have no issues giving it a six. I was just like, eh, but it's yeah. Pixar. Pixar, and yeah. and there are moments, like you said, there are moments. There's moments. Yeah, and it's a good story. Yes, it's not a bad movie, but it no. is a bad Pixar movie. Yeah, you know, I don't yeah. know. You know, it's like it's like, and again, people are like, well, places can change, right? But if you're if 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 you've established yourself as a taco place <laughs> and then 15 years later you decide that you're going to you're going to take the eight different tacos that you've had on your menu and you're really well known for these eight different tacos mm-hmm. and you're going to go down to one taco and now you're mostly going to focus on burritos? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That's not your business. You set up and establish your business. And it's not like they made one film. It's not like I'm like, oh, that first Pixar film. No, you built a catalog of of amazing films and you did it in a very specific way and you have failed to do it since for, mm. for a very long time now. For, for I would say in the last 10 years, you have struggled to knock it out of the park. Yeah. <sighs> I don't have anything to talk about. This is a bonus episode. This is this a is bonus episode me- of the week. Um, <laughs> bonus new release. Yeah. So there's nothing. There's nothing. No, nothing what was we watched. watched. Just no. We'll talk it. about that later this weekend when we review Twister. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Wrap it up, Th- sir. Thank you all for listening. Check out our socials below. Like, follow, subscribe. Check out our Patreon page. Please consider supporting us if you'd like to help the show grow, help the show pay bills, help to cover some costs. And until next time, thank you for listening. Oh, I'm sorry. That was gross. Do you have a tail now? <laughs> uh, I wish. I wish.